Welcome to the Topeka First podcast. We are one church with several locations. Our mission is to reach our community with the message of Jesus. If you would like to give to support this podcast and the ministries of our church, please visit topekafirst.com giving. Enjoy the podcast. All right. Well, we have the right slide to, uh, this, this evening, this morning, if my brain is going to work, because it's snowing out, right? And I know Angela is happy about it. I'll just say it's snowing. <laughs> That's a, I probably am going to side with Pastor Steve on that deal. <laughs> but this morning, we're going to look together uh, back in the Scripture in Matthew chapter 6. And uh, this morning's the finale of our series, Habits. And we've engaged in several spiritual habits uh, in this last month that provide us an opportunity to grow profoundly in our walk with the Lord. And the habit of this of today is going to be prayer. And prayer should be interlaced with all the other habits that we have looked at in the past. And Bible reading, of course, needs to be interlaced with prayer. Uh, we know that uh, it's important. Our, our community, our relationships must be interwoven with prayer as well. We need to connect to one another, but also connect with the Lord. And fasting should definitely be engaged with the prayer too. So the focus that we need as followers of Christ must be what Jesus laid out for us. And we find that Jesus taught some, some of the most effective things that effective prayers are simple and they're heartfelt. They're simple and they're heartfelt. We're gonna go. On, we're gonna go to a set down with Jesus on the mountainside, so to speak, and we're gonna we're gonna listen in to what he is saying this morning as we look into Matthew chapter six, but verse five. But you need to hear what he said right shortly before verse five. He said it in verse one. And he said, be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. If you do, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. So it's still in this context that we jump into Matthew 6, verse 5 and 6 and so. And so it's under this same theme we have as we listen into what Jesus is teaching the multitude or his disciples and let's listen to what he says this morning, verse 5. And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Surely I tell you, they've received their, uh, their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Verse 7, and when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him that He wants us to pray. Verse 9, this then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Okay, so we've listened in to what Jesus is saying here. 
in his message. Now let's walk through what he was talking about uh, when it comes to prayer today. So if you've been around the church for a little while, if you've uh, been in church and, and you've heard some of these prayers, you've heard this passage, I'm sure. And in fact, the last part of it, verse 9 on, you, pro- you may have just jumped into autopilot. You may have, just, uh, you may have been able to quote that from memory. And uh, we call that, of course, the Lord's Prayer. And the reason, the reason may, may have been because you're so used to saying this in different public settings. You may have heard it in different ceremonies and services. But sometimes when we go into autopilot, some things lose their power for us. In fact, I dare to say to you that sometimes we treat this example prayer because that's what it is. It's an example or a model prayer by Jesus that it's that we just treat it as a quote, but and we end up doing the very thing it tells us that Jesus tells us not to do in verse five. I don't think it's really intentional at first. Uh, I, I don't think that's the 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 intention in the beginning. But the example that he gives us really was just that an example, a model. And many have learned to use this as an outline for their regular prayer life and. I've done that too as well, and, and so you can learn to pray that way, but it's not, it's not really what we're looking at this morning, but Jesus, as He's teaching, as He's using this sample prayer to help His disciples understand what it means and how we need to pray. At first, He uh, gives us the way not to pray. Uh, under the theme of not doing our righteousness in front of others only to be seen by them. And this is one of the issues that Jesus dealt with a lot. He dealt with it quite often, in fact, for the religious people at His time. And this is the one of the snags that we face as leaders as well. Because look, because we're up front, right? Because we're in front of people and we're continually in front of the congregation and we continually pray but the thing is, is we, we don't uh, want to just pray just any old prayer. We don't want to become stale in our walk with the Lord. And we don't want to pray prayers just so others will see us. So it comes down to this for all of us who follow Christ. When we pray, we should talk honestly with God. We should be open to Him. And that's what the Lord's Prayer was about. It was an honest prayer that asked God for real-world problems and real needs, asking God to be part of that person's life. Now, have you ever met somebody who's tried to impress others with their prayers? It may be that they, when they notice somebody come in the room, they may ramped up the volume in their prayer, or they may have, uh, they may have said, used some flowery speech that they may not normally use. Uh, as things like that. It kind of shows a few things about that person, maybe. Maybe they like to talk. Maybe they like to talk, but, and that's why God's the judge and we aren't the judge, right? We're not the judge, so God is the one that looks at the heart, and so He looks at every person's life, and maybe they like to talk, maybe they uh, don't like to listen. They'll talk to God, but maybe they won't listen to Him, and they may really like to be seen as spiritual as well. But Jesus, in His teaching, was saying that they, sim- that they simply like to be seen by others. He even takes it to the level of calling them people who put on uh, a theater mask. In other words, they're posers, as some would say. And uh, that, that's what we call a hypocrite here in this passage. But Jesus was plain that they would end up getting the reward that they deserved. 
What was the poser's reward? Well, it was very simple. They'd be seen by others. I don't think I would want that reward for my prayer. If I'm going to talk to the Lord, if I'm going to interact with Him, I don't want just to have the reward of people seeing me. I would like the Lord to answer my prayer. That's why I'm praying in the first place, right? But sure, there are those that may not do it that way, and I wouldn't want to just live my life that way. We want our prayers to be answered. Instead of such a meager and useless reward, we can receive something much better from the Lord when we keep the right focus. And we need to be able to keep that right focus. Jesus encourages us not to pray long or fancy prayers, thinking our eloquence is going to gain God's attention. Because just because we pray long or just because we pray fancy doesn't mean that God's going to listen just based on that. Uh, here we find uh, the New Living Translation use, uh, translates verse 7 in a certain way. I kind of like it. should be up here on the screen for you. It says, when you pray, don't babble on and on as the Gentiles do. They think their prayers are answered merely by repeating their words again and again. I'm wondering sometimes if God gets bored with us. I imagine he may even get bored with me at times. Maybe he looks down at me and says, Mike, what are you doing? Are you saying the same thing? And uh, our prayers must be more than simply making noise. It must be more than just repeating scriptures we know. Now, don't misunderstand me here. It is important that we tap into scripture, that we tap into the word of God, and that we understand what it says, and we can pray the word of God. But the point is, is that we don't go on and on just simply quoting Scripture. And that can be the trap for the Lord's Prayer, that model prayer that we've been given that I was speaking about earlier. It's like we think that we need to quote it word for word and expect certain results. But really, Jesus was just giving us that example. So Jesus is saying, don't babble and don't just keep on repeating the same old thing and just... Just pray simply and honestly to the Lord. And remember, I'm not saying you can't pray Scripture, a powerful thing. You just need to remember the point that Jesus is making here in this prayer. And we can honestly and simply pray just like a child does. I kind of like what the message version says or the message Bible. It says it's a very loose version of Jesus' model prayer, and it says it this way. Uh, I don't have it on the screen for you. Just follow along with me. And it says, Our Father in heaven, reveal who you are. Set the world right. Do what's best. As above, so below. Keep us alive with three square meals. Keep us forgiven with you and forgiving others. Keep us safe from ourselves and the devil. You're in charge. You can do anything you want. You're ablaze in beauty. Yes, yes, yes. I like that. He skips the amen and goes right to the yes. <laughs> Simple, honest prayer. Simple, honest prayer is refreshing. It's real. It's a true interaction with God that we have with Him when we talk just like when we talk with others. We should be able to talk with God just like we interact with one another. We should be able to do that. We can drop the formalities and speak honestly to Him. It doesn't mean we, we disrespect the Lord. Uh, it doesn't mean that. 
we should always hold him in high regard, but we should speak to him from the heart. It's those prayers from the heart that he hears. It doesn't mean that he ignores us, but we need to allow him to speak into our lives as well. I like what Stuart Briscoe writes in his book, Getting Into God. He says this, he says, when our children were small and we were trying to teach them to pray, we had three kinds of prayers. And he had please prayers, thank you prayers, and sorry prayers. And honestly, we aren't much different as we go, grow older. We're just people. Uh, we were children at once, and now we're adults, and uh, we still have some of the same kind of things. And I would say, if I was going to add to those prayers, I would at least add the prayer, uh, you're good, and I need help. And so we can do that. We just need to be real with God when we're in His presence. Now, the habit of prayer is something you need to work into your life. I know that Jody and I have a known scheduled time of prayer together. And every night at bedtime, we pray together. We pray for our family. We pray for you guys. We pray for our neighbors in need. We pray for others and situations. And we also thank God. And usually we try to start out by thanking the Lord for what He's done in our lives. And sometimes we pray longer than others. But the big thing is that we connect with God, number one, and then we connect with each other. And we also pray at, at other times by ourselves, and we've prayed like this since we, we were married. And sure, there are times that one of us misses due to circumstances that always that can happen. And, but we also always start back again. Now, uh, you, the how you pray may depend on who who you are. Maybe depend on your schedule. You may be single, and so you have to work around your own schedule. Maybe it's around work you have to work. Uh, do your prayer time, but you you work night shift or evening shift. I remember working evening shift in the past. I did that for years, and when I did it, uh, my my prayer time was yes in the morning, but it was late morning uh, because I would get up late, and so it just depends. I've done it different times in my life depending on what the season was. So the big thing is. No matter what your situation is that you build the habit of prayer. Habits are something that you can build. And just remember that your habit of prayer needs to be simple, needs to be honest before God. I want us to look at a passage over in the New Testament where the church prays. It's a powerful, it's a powerful account of what takes place when a church prays. And it's in the book of Acts chapter 12. We'll look at that starting in verse 4 in a minute, but one of the prayers that in the Scripture that we think of as a prayer of desperation uh, is, is located here in the book of Acts, and the Scripture does not really say that they were praying simple prayers. It doesn't really say, it doesn't even record the actual prayer that they are praying to God. But I thoroughly believe that the prayers that they were praying were filled with heartfelt, simple honesty. The passage here says, Acts 12, verse 4, and Luke says, After arresting him, that's Peter, uh, he put him in prison, handed him over to be guarded by four squads of four soldiers each. Herod intended to bring him out for public trial after the Passover, so Peter was kept in prison, but the church was earnestly praying to God for him. 
The night before Herod was to bring him to trial, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers bound with two chains, and sentries stood guard at the entry entrance. So in my, in my words here, what I would say is Peter, he's locked up, he's chained up, he's got these four squads of soldiers around him. There is no chance that this man is getting out of this predicament. And we understand that he goes in there because he's preaching the gospel, he's sharing the message of Christ. Now, if you know this account of what's taken place here, uh, the church has seriously been praying for Peter. They're concerned. They want to see God answer their prayers. And so in the middle of the night, an angel walks into this situation. He walks into his room right, be right between these guards who are watching Peter. He walks in there, and the chains fall off of Peter. The angel escorts Peter out of the prison. He takes him to the door, and he's gone. He was shocked himself. I'm sure Peter was amazed at what was taking place. He didn't know what the church was doing at this point. And Peter laughed and he went to a John Mark's mom's house. Her name's Mary. Mary must have been a popular name. And, and so he goes to uh, Mary's house and there he is. And he gets to the door and he's knocking on the door and uh, they must have been doing okay. She had a servant and the servant's name was Rhoda. And Rhoda goes to the door, and she could hear that it was Peter. She recognized his voice, as Scripture tells us. And so uh, she is so excited at what's happening. You know, they've just been praying for this guy. Now there he is. She's so excited. She leaves the door. She goes back, forgets to open it. And she goes, or maybe she had to wait. And she goes back to these guys and says, Look, Peter is standing out the door. And they're like, you are crazy, lady. <laughs> Leave us alone. He is in prison. He's chained down. He's watched by the sentries and the guards. There is no chance. And uh, she goes back, no, it's him. And uh, she opens the door and Peter steps in. And the people of God are shocked. They are amazed. It is true shock and awe. They did not know that God was going to do that for him, but he did it. He opened the gates for him to come in. They had been praying. It was simple. It was honest. It was fervent prayer that connected with God. The church was willing to step aside and spend time in prayer. But even then, they had a hard time believing that God did that miracle. Do you believe that God will speak into your life to the need that you have? He will. Even the early church had that hard time believing at times, but God showed that He was faithful and He came through with the miraculous deliverance of Peter. They all, they all may have been shocked, but God was working. You need to be open to the possibility of God working in your life when you pray. Because isn't that why we pray? We pray because we ask Him to intervene. We're asking Him to work in our lives. You need to expect Him to, in, to interact with you. Have you ever tried to communicate with somebody and a walk, with a walkie-talkie? Uh, you're talking to the other person. They really don't know how to use the thing. Uh, I've used those two-meter radios. It's kind of like a walkie-talkie as well. And, and uh, they, may be, uh, they may hold down the button just a little bit too long and and uh, and then kind of cut off your conversation, or they may 
They may hold it all the, all the time while you're trying to talk to them and giving them direction so they don't hear a word you say. You know, so many things can happen or you hear half of the sentence because they forget to uh, push the button. So they start talking and you get half of the sentence and you're like, what are they saying? It's kind of like making international phone calls sometimes. You have to wait for the delay. You talk to somebody on the phone, it's got to get through the satellite and so maybe a second or two before you can uh, hear what's taking place. So sometimes we tend to treat prayer that way. It's like a one-way uh, one conversation where we talk to God and God listens and, and we're the ones holding down on the button on the walkie-talkie the entire time. It's like he doesn't get a, get the chance to, to put an ad, a word in edgewise. But there's so, so there's some times that we need to be able to step back in our interaction with him, in our time of prayer, to allow him to speak to us. Maybe he wants to remind us of a powerful scripture that speaks to our life at that point in time. We need to be able to allow him to speak to our lives. Some biblical examples of prayer include not only petition and thanksgiving, but also asking questions and listening and then God answering. In order, to, in order to hear God respond in prayer, we have to be listening. We need to have the Scripture available to us. That's another reason why we need to read the Word of God because it's His Word to us. He speaks to us. We need to quiet our hearts in God's presence. We can receive something much better from the Lord when we keep the right focus. Now, Jesus goes on to teach back in verse 6, and he says this, But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then, the, then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. So he's saying, get, get, get by yourself, get out of the hubbub of life and try to make a connection with the Lord. There's some key things that we can pull from this teaching of Jesus here in, in the Gospels. Uh, there is a time for solitary prayer. There is a time for us to step back away from our everyday life and have that time where we connect to God, where we spend a solitary time with Him we go into a side room in our house or apartment, a place to uh, just a place where it's just you and God. For you may be impossible to find a quiet place in your house. Maybe you have roommates or maybe you have kids, and that can be challenging at times. There, there may have been there's been times for me over the years that I would even go to I had where I had walk-in closet and I would go into the walk-in closet that had a light, which was nice. And so I would go in the closet and pray because that cut out all the other noise so I didn't hear anybody going down the street or anything so I could just focus on uh, interacting with the Lord and, and, and uh, in, in a time of prayer. So those are times that we can do that. And maybe you need to go to the backyard. I don't know what you have at your place. Maybe you can go to the backyard for where there's places that there aren't tons of people and you can spend some time together with the Lord there. There's a, a lady named Susanna Wesley. When she was young, uh, she uh, promised the Lord that for every hour of entertainment that she was involved in, she would take another hour and that she would spend that time in prayer and she would read the scripture. And taking care of the house and then as she got older, she was raising 10 kids uh, she had realized that this uh, commitment was going to be nearly impossible. 
Uh, she had no time for entertainment or long hours in prayer, so she worked in the garden, she milked the cow, uh, and uh, she took care of her family, and uh, she schooled the kids, and she decided instead that she was going to give two hours a day in prayer. She struggled to find a secret place now and then. So she told her kids, okay, guys, when you see me with my apron thrown over my head, she says, that means you need to leave me alone. Don't bug me because I'm in a time of prayer. So if she was in the house and she had that up over her head, that means she was not to be bothered at all. And so she struggled to find a place, but she built a habit. She found a way to do it to be able to spend time with the Lord. And it was that woman of prayer that two of her sons became great powerhouses for the Lord, both Charles and John. Charles Wesley wrote nine, over 9,000 worship songs that have been sung around the world. His brother John preached to nearly a million people in his day, and at the age of 70, he preached a, a gospel campaign sharing the gospel with 32,000 people, and he did not have a microphone. Everywhere he went, revival seemed to come. But we know that there was, it was not just his work, but he had a mom behind him and a dad that was a spiritual man, but a mom behind him that would spend time in prayer. A habitual Simple and honest prayer can have an impact on your world. It may go beyond your personal world like it did for Susanna. Her kids touched the world. Her impact through her habit of prayer affected much of our known world, and your habit of prayer may not look like Susanna Wesley's, but your results may, and your results may not be the same either. But don't limit what God can do through your prayer life. Don't limit what God can do, do through a habit of prayer. I have to say right off the top, for men, don't blow her off because she's a woman. I bet she could outwork most men today. And I mean that. She had her priorities right. And you can too. If you find that place, Let's consider the last thing here that Paul instructs us to pray continually. To pray continually. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 16 to 18 says this. Paul says, Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ. So it's God's will for you to be able to give thanks all the time. It's, it's God's will for you to pray continually and always rejoice. One way to think about this kind of praying, praying is to have an ongoing conversation with God. Not just a, it's not just a one-time deal. It's that interaction with God on a, on a regular, ongoing basis. And it may look different to everybody. Your way of praying may, and continual prayer may look different than it does for me. I know over the years, I couldn't even count the times I've had the opportunity to pray at my job when times are just a little bit low, you're not doing a whole lot, or maybe what you're doing doesn't require a lot of concentration, and so I could step back and pray, take that time to pray. 
Now, my eyes are open, my hands are moving or doing something. My mouth may not be moving, but I'm praying in my heart and I'm speaking to God. I may be praying for somebody. Even when I was teaching in the public school system, the same thing. I may be praying there and nobody knew it, but I was praying. Maybe for, some, maybe for a student, maybe for a friend, a neighbor, somebody in the church. We can continually pray, pray without ceasing. We are not limited by the place that we are. We are not limited by the time that we have. We know that we can continue to trust and to talk to God in a regular basis. Nothing should limit us. We have those little times that where we can ask God to intervene and He will do it. Many times I've worked on vehicles and I've been praying when I was working on vehicles. I just, I just couldn't, and even pastoring, of course, you say, well, pastor, you're supposed to do it. Yeah, we pray all the time too. And you never know if I'm praying. I may be in my office, my, my mouth may be shut, my eyes may be open, I may be doing something and I'm praying. I may be on the phone, I may be praying, the other person doesn't even know I'm praying. Doesn't mean I'm not listening. Uh, serious? You think I'm crazy. Well, maybe I am, but what I'm saying, I'm serious. We can pray at all times. When we interact with God, He hears us, and He wants to minister through our lives. As a follower of Jesus, you need to get to the place where you feel comfortable to pray at the drop of a hat. Prayer isn't just a one-time event. We need to consider the parable that Jesus provides us in Luke chapter 18. And it says this, then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. He said, a certain, in a certain town there was a judge who neither feared God nor cared what people thought. And there was a widow in that town who kept coming to him with the plea, grant me justice against my adversary. For some time he refused, but finally he said to himself, even though I don't fear God or care what people think, Yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will see that she gets justice so that she won't eventually come back and attack me. And the Lord said, listen to what that unjust judge says. And will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? We know that unjust judge was not a comparison himself to God because of how he viewed things. But even that guy was willing to try to intervene in somebody else's life. How much more will God try to inter will he intervene in our lives when we cry out to him day and night? He will do it. We need to trust him. We know that God's not unjust. But when we cry out to Him, He will take action. Yes, at times it may not be the exact way that we expect Him to do it. Look at what happened with Peter. That blew the church away. They were so shocked when that happened and He was set free. They, I don't think they dreamed that that would happen. They were praying, but they must not have thought that that's what was going to happen. So you need to be people who won't give up in prayer. Someone who will continue to ask and keep your heart open to God. Build the habit. Build the habit in your life. The best way to start building the prayer of the habit of prayer is to start now.
is to simply to start now. As we wrap this up this morning, consider this last quote from a man who is a man of faith, man of of faith. His name is George Mueller. You've heard of him, I'm sure, some of you. And he says this, It is not enough to begin to pray, nor to pray aright, nor is it enough to continue for a time to pray, but we must pray patiently, believing, continue in prayer until we obtain an answer. Building a habit of prayer is one of the great opportunities that we have. Now, I don't know about you, but at least for me, I've got things that I've been praying for for some years now. And I haven't seen them yet. But I'm not stopping. Now, you may not be like me. You may not have those challenges. I'm still praying. Maybe it's a family member for you. Maybe it's a friend. Maybe it's, maybe it's something that's going on in your life and you just need God's help. I don't know. But the Lord does know. Don't step back and say, well, God doesn't care after you've prayed two or three times. Or maybe you've prayed two or three years and you say, you know what? I don't think God's going to do this for me. Don't stop now. Don't stop now. Keep investing your time in the one who cares for you and the one who has his hand upon your life. Open your heart up to him and allow him to work in your life. Would you stand with me this morning? I challenge you this morning that if you haven't built that habit of prayer, start now. Start now because now is the time. If our prayer teams would come up and maybe you have need of prayer that you need us to agree with you in prayer, we'd love to pray with you. We will do that. Let's pray though now. Father, we ask you, Father, to do a mighty work in our lives. Help us to keep our focus upon you, the one true God. Father, we need you. We need your presence. We need your strength, Father God. We ask you that to do a mighty work in each and every one of us. Help us, Lord. Help us to build the habit of prayer in our walk. Help us to focus on you in such a way that our lives will change and the lives of others will change because of our prayer. Lord, somehow make us like Susanna who prayed and spent time like she did. God, help us that we may do your work in Jesus' name.